Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're here in Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, so we've been here about a week enjoying the incredible night markets, the incredible street food, the warm and friendly people, and all the things to see and do. And as we're traveling, we still do our podcast interviews. Uh, we've already recorded over 420 of them. Soon we'll be at 500 episodes, so that's been incredible recording and interviewing digital nomads, internet marketers, world travelers from around the world. And it's always incredible that I'm, uh, I'm in one city and country and continent, our guests in another city and country and continent, and through the miracle of technology, we're able to connect. But every now and then, there might be Wi-Fi hiccups, and hey, that's all part of the journey. Life as a digital nomad means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. So on today's episode, I am so excited because I have a very good friend of mine who's being our featured guest. Uh, our guest today, his name is Iman Agai, and me and Iman, we know each other from back in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Iman is originally from Iran, uh, from Persia. He immigrated. My background is Indian, you know, uh, but I'm born in Canada. So we're both from Vancouver, but now we're nowhere near each other. He is over there in Salzburg, Austria, and Europe. I'm over here in Taipei, Taiwan, in Asia. Uh, but through the miracle of technology, we're connecting Iman and me. We have very similar interests. We both love internet marketing. Uh, we love uh, event production. We love travel. Uh, we love our wives. Uh, you know, uh, so we uh, we have this common desire to help people too. Uh, so. When I asked Iman to be the show, he agreed. I got super excited. I can't believe we waited so many episodes to feature my good friend, Iman Agai, on the show. Uh, Iman is the founder of Success Road Academy. He's a very successful internet marketer, producing lots of digital courses, also teaching people how they can make money through online courses. Uh, and we're going to be talking all about how he is able to fund his travels, traveling around Europe with his lovely wife. And uh, they're really living this uh, digital nomad life. And... Uh, we're going to be finding out a lot more. So, Iman, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing over there in beautiful Salzburg, Austria, today? Thank you very much, Ricky, for having me here. I'm super excited for being here. And uh, it's actually phenomenal to be here in Salzburg. We just got here, like, um, I think 20 minutes ago. Um, and as I was driving, it was sunny, but right now it's raining <laughs> like crazy. I think that's... Well, actually, how Austria apparently works. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so I'm excited actually about being on your show and looking forward to. I'm excited. I remember Iman and me, we spent uh, an amazing day together in his home uh, in Coquitlam. We were driving around in this car and we were just talking about uh, internet marketing. But I couldn't imagine three years ago. I would be doing an interview from Taipei, Taiwan with Iman in Salzburg, Austria, talking about being digital nomads. Could you imagine that three years ago, Iman? Absolutely not. Absolutely. I, like by that time, uh, three years ago, I actually, I, I vividly remember that day because we went, to a, we went and had a, a Persian food in a restaurant in Kukilam and then we were driving back, right? And then uh, my uh, my car's roof was open, so you took the cell phone and you did a Facebook Live as we were driving around to Kilam area. And I, I don't remember what you called it, but you know, as as like that day, uh, well, that time during that time, I was uh, my, my 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 idea was like, 
hang out down and settle down and just like kind of enjoy um, enjoy like this type of life and um, you know and and just kind of grow and stuff like that and then uh, three years later today <laughs> we are actually uh, sometimes my wife and I talk to each other we're like why do we have a home uh, like why do why do we have the house in Vancouver why do we have you know the car in Vancouver we we're not even there uh, most of the times and. Um, and, and like kind of we're just constantly thinking about like okay where next you know what what happens next and um and uh just kind of it's very interesting especially uh the way that uh, my wife and i travel we, we on our travels uh these days so uh pretty much like we we book by the night you know like maybe we go somewhere we're like hey let's go space and we go there if you like it we just yeah, book for more nights at the hotel. If that hotel doesn't have a place, we go to another hotel and book for more nights. Uh, so it's very, <laughs> very. You know, I wouldn't imagine three years ago um, that today looks like the way they look like. Yeah, and this is to show you the power of uh, you know making decisions. Because Iman and me, I had a condo in Burnaby. I had a wife and a couple of kids. Iman had just bought a home in that uh, a town home in Coquitlam, and we were both living these suburban lives. And uh, you know, if you make a big decision, you can change your entire life with one choice. And uh, we're going to be learning about Iman's choices, the power of choice, and in terms of him leaving Iran to come to Canada, starting a business, failing, succeeding, and now uh, obviously traveling the world. And uh, there was a lot of learning uh, through that journey, which we're going to unpack th through this podcast. So I want to start at the beginning, Iman, uh, because I know your story, but the people who are on our podcast, our guests, our viewers, our listeners, they don't know your story. So why don't you share a little bit more about your story. I know, I know, Iman, you can do a whole one hour, a whole day on this, but why didn't you summarize in about two or three minutes your story? <laughs> yeah, we can do a three-day event on that. But, uh, well, I, in 2008, uh, my wife and I set a 10-year goal that I become an international professional public speaker. Back then, I was in Iran. I couldn't speak English. Uh, we uh, didn't have any family or friends or network uh, outside Vancouver. Like we had like a few family members, but uh, people that we could like say, okay, so these people can actually take our hand and you know uh, support us to become an international professional public speaker. In uh, 2009, I immigrated to uh, Canada. My wife came a few months before me, and um, in the hope. Of becoming an international public speaker and starting English, uh, uh, my money was supposed to follow me when I uh, landed in Vancouver, and it didn't. Uh, so I started looking for survival jobs. Uh, after a few months, that I applied for every job that was out there. Nobody hired me because I couldn't speak English. And uh, it was 2009. It was right after 2008 recession. There were a lot of people out of work, and nobody was hiring anyhow. So uh, in 2010. We almost became homeless, and uh, about 17 days away from becoming homeless, uh, I started a, a web design and surgery optimization company. Uh, I took that company to six-figure sales in about 18 months from scratch, and uh, that got some people's attention because they're like, okay, tell us how you built a six-figure business in 18 months without being able to speak English properly, without having a network or connections or any samples of work or anything like that. 
the reality is that I didn't even know how to design websites the day that I decided to start a web design company. I didn't know how to do SEO. Uh, why I knew how to do SEO, but not in English, uh, in Farsi. So it's very different in search engine optimization. Long story short, um, I started coaching one person, and then that led into two people, and 10 people, and 20 people, and 50 people and in 2012. I dropped my web design and SEO company because my coaching company had grown so much that it required my full-time attention. And in 2014, we were doing about 200 live events a year in Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, and Toronto, which at that point, I got burnt out. Uh, I hated everything in my life because uh, I was just constantly traveling, but not traveling. And it was just kind of... Alrighty, we're back. Iman, are you there? Yeah, I am here, brother. Okay, I'm going to edit uh, that part out, but did you get to finish your story or no? Did you get to finish what you were sharing? No, I, well, it, it, stopped, it stopped the recording entirely, so I don't know. From, I think it recorded until you heard me. Wherever, whichever part you heard me, it was there. Yeah, it's still recording now. It's still recording, so... Uh, I'm just going to edit that part out that we got cut off. But uh, yeah, um, you were talking about uh, you switched uh, into coaching because you were getting more coaching. Then you talked about events. Uh, you travel. You did events in uh, you know all the cities in Canada. Then you started getting burnt out. And then I think after you said you started getting burnt out, that's when you got, I got cut off. So yeah, you can uh, talk about after those events in uh, across Canada. Okay. Sure. Okay. So yeah. So in 2014, we were doing 200 live events, and I was just traveling constantly, and that got me burnt out. And um, and then uh, we, I decided to find a business model that can give me financial location and time freedom at the same time. Because before that, I had financial freedom because of the number of events and stuff we were doing. But then I was stuck to one location, and I was stuck to a time frame. Right? It was like. I had to be in a certain place at a certain time all the time. You know, it's okay to have an appointment, to have a meeting, <laughs> but it's that you you don't have your life, you don't own your time. That that's a whole different thing. So back then, in 2014, I um, uh, uh, reverse engineered about 12 business models, and and I found a business model that can that could give us uh, financial freedom, location freedom, and time freedom. So back to
Iman, we are back. Did you finish your story, Iman? Okay. I finished my story, but I don't think God recorded. Oh my God, okay. This is terrible. I didn't know what's happening. I just did a two-hour uh, online uh, Udemy course with my friend. We recorded for two hours constantly, and there was uh, no issues. So I don't know why uh, all of a sudden we had two interruptions in, in 10 minutes. I'm sorry. I didn't know why the internet is acting up all of a sudden. <laughs> okay, so why don't we... Um, yeah, maybe. How do, you know maybe you How do you know it does not get recorded when I, I get booted out? Doesn't it keep getting recorded? Because it says it's still recording. So uh, I don't know what's going on with this internet connection. Are you able to hear me, Iman? On cloud. Yeah, the internet is acting up, Iman. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Iman. Okay. Are you recording on cloud or are you recording on uh, on your computer? No, just through the Zoom. Uh, the Zoom records it directly, so not through my computer. It's just through Zoom. No, I know. So it must be through the cloud, no, I right? Know. I know you are recording through Zoom, but through Zoom, are you recording on your computer? Well, no, it, you have two options. On, on Zoom, you can record on computer or on cloud. How do you Both choose of them on Zoom, but it gives you two options. Okay, uh, what, what device are you using? I'm using a MacBook Pro, and usually I just push the bottom at the bottom and it says record. I didn't know you can choose between cloud or computer. Yeah, so um, when you're using that, Beside the, beside the record button, um, there should be an arrow towards up, and then when you click on that arrow, it allows you to choose which one. If you don't see that, then maybe in the settings, in the main settings on, on Zoom's website, you have the interviews. I know, it's on my, uh, it's under my applications tab, so I go to applications and then it's on my computer, I believe. Yeah, on the computer. So okay, so you have turned off. So you have turned off cloud recording. Um, okay. That's okay. Do you think I should? Uh, I, 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 I. Do you think it's better to do cloud recording from now on? Not just with you, but with my other interviews. <laughs> so after I got burnt out in 2014, I decided to find a business model that gives me financial freedom, location freedom, and time freedom. And uh, because before that, I had financial freedom because we were doing so many events and we were making money. But, but then uh, I was actually selling my time and, and my presence always, right? So I had to be at the event. I had to talk. I had to be. And I was like, I, I thought, okay, there should be a better way. And I reverse engineered 12 different business models. And I found one business model that was giving me financial freedom, location freedom, and time freedom. And that was using online courses and webinars as the foundation of the marketing of our business. And since then, I started launching our online courses. Well, today we have 48 online courses. And, and, and because we're using online courses and webinars as the foundation of marketing, we started attracting so many clients that the company started expanding. I started hiring people and more people and more people. At the end of 2017, we had 2014 members, part-time and full-time. And, uh, and then 
I decided to entirely separate myself from the business. And uh, so, so by January 2018, I, uh, I got my, uh, uh, like I, I my uh, um, um, chief operations officer to take over company's management. So he's, and I'm uh, teaching certain things. Uh, so right now I'm working between four to ten hours a week. Um, uh, uh, so one week four hours, another week ten hours, and uh, and that's maximum. Uh, unless we have an event, if we have an event, uh, then I work for three days uh, for an event. Um, every four months I need to be back in Vancouver uh, to run an event in Vancouver, and besides that, um, pretty much. I can be wherever I want to be, and, uh, and many times, actually, some weeks I don't even need to work at all. So um, because because like the, the uh, like the entire history, actually during quite a few number of weeks every year, I I need I, I don't work at all. So but 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 that doesn't mean that the company doesn't work. Remember, like we have fifteen thousand students, so the company is working full power. Right. It's just that they don't need me uh, for without being involved. There is so much in your story that I want to unpack. This could be the world's first 24 hour podcast because there's so much information uh, you've shared. And apologies. I know there was a little bit of life. I think I'm so sorry, everyone, if uh, there was a little bit of cuts in this out. But in terms of uh, this whole passive uh, you know, uh, model you've created, you've reverse engineered uh, this model which allows time, money, and location freedom, the three big freedoms. Uh, tell us about how our viewers, our listeners on our podcast can apply that model to our business. What can we do to replicate that to some degree? Okay, so, so first of all, it depends on the type of the business that the person is running, right? So, um, and, and, then, and then the goal of the person. So or where, where are you heading towards? Uh, any business that you have, you can have financial freedom, location freedom, and time freedom, right? Um, and, and, um, but, but you have to build the structure of the business correctly. You have to build the, uh, build the structure of the business the way that you can delegate stuff and you can automate the stuff. And that requires a lot of work, a lot of um, um, having processes and, uh, and and attention to details and all of those things, right? It's not that you can simply just decide to step away and tomorrow you can step away. Um, actually, when I decided to step away from business uh, a year to be able to create all of the processes and the systems, right? Uh, to do that. But the key here, I think, um, for me for many coaches or consultants, authors, or speakers, people who are selling knowledge, knowledge trainers, right? For us knowledge trainers, there are two biggest challenges. Number one is that you become the face of the business. So everybody expects you to be there, right? So that's the first thing. And, and you got to, when you are you to step away from the business, you got to make sure that you are doing it in a way that your students are still getting amazing knowledge and content that you are providing. But at the same time, they are getting the value without you being involved. Uh, so for that matter, I recorded 
a lot of pieces of my knowledge into courses, into online courses, and then we hired coaches and we got these training. Like we, we created the coach, the coaching, co- coach the coaches program, and I started coaching my coaches on my content uh, for uh, for about a year. So they graduated thinking the way that I think, and um, and now they can give the online course to our students. And when the students come back. My coaches know exactly how I would answer the questions that I received back. So it, it, it went through a lot of kind of work reports, right? It, 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 we, we spent a lot of time and energy and, and money on our human resources, right? So that's one side of it. And, and the other side of it is the systems. And I think the biggest part of the systems that challenge the most entrepreneurs face, especially at the beginning of their business, is their, uh, is their marketing. Right. Uh, they're like, okay, so how can I market without being personally involved? And for that, as I said, we are using webinars and we are using webinars a lot. And we do both the live webinars and automated webinars. And, and for the live webinars, uh, I kind of mastered how to do webinars. Right? I, I failed so much at webinars that I learned not to suck in a way, you know, <laughs> and, and then I started becoming better and better. And, and by, um, and, and all right now, we are conversing really well on the webinars. And then I started coaching some of my team members on how to do webinars. So they took over. Uh, obviously, at the beginning, they weren't good as well. And then uh, over time, they became better and better. And then our automated systems and processes are all in place. Um, and, you know, it just kind of like many people sometimes hear me and they say, well, but you know how to do it. I don't. Uh, well, we have a course and exactly how I do it. And, and we put it into step-by-step process. So there is no excuse for like, oh, you know it and I don't. It's just, uh, we have a, we have a very simple training. And, and, and you know, and that's actually, uh, forget about the training we have, but that's what we do, right? And, and that's, that's what I say. Uh, what, what I teach is what I do. And, and I give like exactly what I do, you know? So I think that's what people appreciate as well because, uh, these people have hypothetical things, but things that they don't actually live through it themselves. Um, they get people excited about things they don't do themselves. Um, and, and in 2014, that was one of the things I decided to do. I decided not to teach about things that I don't do personally. And, and so in 2015, um, we're doing things in a way that I thought, well, if I do this, do I want to teach it? You know? <laughs> so... Uh, so that actually refined our courses because now we're ending up with courses that uh, that I'm excited to teach because I'm excited to live like that and and do things like that. So anyhow, it just it it came all uh, whole circle like um, just kind of explain. Uh, at the end of the day, it all works out in a way. And we'll be talking about the the course in the end for people who are interested. Uh, they'll be able to uh, grab a copy and learn exactly Iman's system uh, because he's done it and now he wants to teach you guys to do it as well. But before we do that, I want to unpack, so to speak, unpack some of your travels. Uh, you have to pack and unpack much every day. So I'd love to hear about these travels that you're doing with your wife around Europe. Uh, tell us about uh, when did you leave Canada? Why did you choose Europe? And where have you been so far? Tell us a little bit about the journey. Oh, <laughs> okay. So we left Canada for this trip. Uh, for this trip, we left Canada, I think, in May. 
uh, somewhere in May, I think it's the second week of May. And, um, and really our goal was going to the UK and then going to Ireland and Scotland and then uh, go to Italy and Spain and France and Portugal and uh, uh, Belgium and uh, Netherlands and um, lots of other countries. Anyhow, uh, then, then we didn't have any set plan, so I didn't pre-book any hotels or anything. We just got a one-way ticket to London. And then I have a flight back from Milan in July, on, on July 22nd. And the reason for that is because, as I said, three times a year, I have to be back in Vancouver to do it. My live event is July 27th to 29th. And um, so I'm, coming, I'm going back to Vancouver on July 22nd. So that's the only thing we knew. We knew that we have a one-way trip to London and one-way back from Milan, Italy. We knew that we, like, sometimes, somehow, we got to get there. We went to London, and we were there in couple of days, and it was cold. Um, what Canadian saying cold means something. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so then we decided not to continue, you know, we decided not to continue our, uh, our trip in Thailand and Ireland at that particular point, because it just happened to be bad weather. So we flew to Milan, and everybody scared us away from renting a car. Everybody said, you know, don't rent a car, don't drive in Europe, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. And we are like, you know what, but we love the road trips. We like, we, like to, we like to travel and we don't want to go to one city and stay in that city. Um, so, so, so I looked at everything and I realized if I want to like rent a car in Portugal and drop it up in Italy, I got to pay like extra 2,000 euros uh, for one-way booking. And I said, well, I'm not going to pay 2,000 euros for that. So... We flew to Milan because we knew that's our last destination, right? We flew to Milan and we picked up a car in Milan. And then from Milan, we came from the south of France. And then we went all the way to south of Portugal, which is uh, southwest of Europe, uh, which is a place called Sagres. And then from there, we came up to Porto. And then from Porto, we went up back to uh, Spain and France. And then we went to Belgium and uh, uh, a long trip. So long story short, probably we have been in 12 countries in the past few weeks. And, um, and then uh, tomorrow we are going to uh, Zurich through Liechtenstein. And uh, from there, uh, we are going to, uh, yeah, actually from there, we are back to Milan where my mother-in-law will join us. And then from there, we're going to go and see Italy for 22 days. So we're going to spend 22 days, five days in a row. Uh, four days in Florence, like stuff like that. And that's going to be in Italy. And then July 22nd, we're going to go back home. And then after that, uh, we have other plans, uh, trips uh, already planned. So, yeah, so that's the stretch. One of my favorite quotes about travel is, travel will leave you breathless, and then it will turn you into a storyteller. So you've given us the route. I would love to hear one story from your last few weeks of traveling all of these European countries, that really stands out. Uh, it could be a funny story. It could be a powerfully meaningful story. It could be a person you met, a place you saw. Uh, tell us one story uh, about this trip so far. Anything that st stood out to you? Oh, we had such an amazing trip. And um, this trip probably... Uh, well, but let me let me tell you. This trip was my wife's dream, and uh, I always wanted to make my wife's dream come true. Right? Um, we had 
such amazing trips this time. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a planner. I always plan everything in advance. And this time I decided not to. Um, and I'm so glad we didn't do this. Um, we, we, we have met so many amazing people. So many amazing people. I can't even choose. Okay, let me tell you a few small ones. Um, and, then, and then you see, like, you see why I have hard time. Right? And, and, and these are all, like, amazing Amazing stories. I, I I tell you a funny one. Maybe maybe it wasn't fun. Maybe it's not funny if you were not there. But I'm gonna tell you another one. But let me tell you some parts of the amazing things I'm talking about. Last night we were we were in Vienna, and and we decided to go to a concert. And at one part they started playing uh, Blue Danube uh, by uh, by Strauss, and we're we are we are listening to Blue Danube Waltz by Strauss. And there are these two Austrian dancers dancing in front of us. And then we are sitting in a, in a palace right by Blue Diamond. And I was looking around. I was like, what do you want better than this? Like, like just like it's all of it in one hole, right? Even like now, right now, like this second that I'm actually doing this, I am at the, I am at the house. Uh, like we, we, we got the suite uh, that... Uh, we got we got the main suite of the house that they recorded the sound of music in Salzburg, right? Wow. And um, like you know, you know what I mean? Like like these are the things that we I I I hadn't planned, we would imagine, and things just happen and and it's rolled like to to get to where we are right now. Uh, in Southwest, we ended up getting an amazing Southwest Europe last property so when you were sitting there was this uh, amazing pool and you were in the pool and there was this ocean right in front of you right atlantic ocean in front of you and and it was just the southwest of the entire continent it was it's called southwest end of the world right and um I, I can go on and on and on, right, on all of these things. But we definitely, definitely had, like, I, you know, like, uh, we were having the champagne and chocolate, and then I realized this is the champagne we bought from Champagne and the chocolate that we bought from Belgium. Having it in the place, you know, like, just, <laughs> you know, anyhow. <laughs> so there were, like, lots of amazing things. But there are lots of challenges. It comes with it as well, and and those are all what makes it fun. For example, one thing that we realize is that most of the machines, well, obviously uh, they don't speak English. So, <laughs> so I remember the first time they were passing a, a road toll in Italy. We didn't know what these things are. In lectures, we were looking at it because in Canada we pay differently. In U.S. we pay differently. We go to a website, we we pass them. We go to a website and we pay for them, right? And, and here it's different. You gotta apparently have a card or whatever. So we're like getting to the first road toll, and then we are looking at these signs, and we have no signs mean because it's the first time we're seeing them. So we passed through one place, and we're like, okay, so apparently everything is fine, and it wasn't fine, and we, we can't even find how we should pay that toll. Apparently, we're going to get a, like 180 euros fine for that, <laughs> passing the road toll on the wrong side. But then next time, so then I went on and I read about it, right? And, and they said, okay, so next time you got to one of them, go to the ones that have a credit card sign, and then you got to give your credit card to the machine. We're like, oh, okay, so we learned it. And then they said, well, some other, you got to get the ticket. So we're like, oh, yeah, we know exactly how to do it this time. So we got this time, and this time was a friend. So we got to this road, so there's this 
a sign that shows credit card, we go to it, and then it, it says what credit card. So I, I give my credit card. So the, the machine actually eats my credit card. Like they just take my credit card entirely in and then says something in French. I'm looking at it and like, what's happening right now? Give me my credit card, right? And then it's not giving my credit card back. And I don't, I don't understand what the device is saying. It doesn't have an English button. And I'm just sitting there and just give me my credit card back. <laughs> And then, and then just like the whole thing, and then maybe maybe it took like I don't know maybe not even ten seconds, but for me it was like hours, you know, going through because it was like I don't you know, give me my credit card, and then the the road opened and just yes, we learned how to pass. Anyhow, we had lots of things like that. We today actually in Austria, we went somewhere. We have this device that we can talk to and it translates for us. So so we asked for salad with chicken. And then, um, and then she, the person said, yeah, 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 absolutely, I know what you want. So she went and came back and uh, she gave a salad with, uh, salad with cheese, <laughs> and, which, which is like, okay, but then we had so many times that uh, we ended up like, just like eating interesting things that we didn't even order. And uh, we were like, oh, okay. So, you know, apparently uh, we are eating this right now. <laughs> <laughs> which is totally fine and anyhow it's been it's been a ton of fun it's been a ton of um a challenge especially with the internet and stuff you're going to know a lot of stuff we learned it um so so now now we are actually really good with the internet at least in europe we figured it out we know what to do um so and so the business side of the stuff is going really well and then the trips every day every day is actually um interesting fun stuff that's so funny, man. That was like 10 stories. It was one story, but you showed like 10 stories. And, you know, that's the joy of travel is that you have so many stories. You literally can contain all of those experiences, all those memories, all of these moments that are captured in time. And, uh, you know, obviously we could keep talking about it. But uh, uh, what I'm curious to know is uh, obviously you've uh, made your wife's dream come true, uh, traveling around Europe. You've uh, created a successful business. What is the future? Uh, what is your future vision? Are you going to be continue to do in Europe? Are you going to be doing Asia, Africa, Australia, maybe South America? Are you going to be living in a different country? What do you foresee as a future in the next few years in terms of your life, your business, and your travels? So one thing is that we are trying not to plan much in advance, and we just plan as we go. But uh, we, we know that we want to see everywhere, uh, definitely. Um, right, actually, when we, were in, uh, when we were in Vienna, my wife was like, let's go to Budapest. I'm like, well, if we go to Budapest, then we got to go to the next country and just, like, let's forget about it. Let's go, let's continue west of Europe, finish it west of Europe and go to other places. Um, I think the next place we're going to go is going to be South Africa. Um, we're going to see South Africa and other places. Um, you know... I've decided not to plan really much in advance. The one thing we know is that we're going to see the world. Uh, one thing I don't want to do is just plan it too much in advance and, and see, you know, where we go next and, and, and what makes sense at the point. My wife has been uh, saying that in four years, let's go to Qatar because of the uh, FIFA uh, to 2022. So she's like, let's go to FIFA 2022 in Qatar. And I'm like, well, okay, I don't know about that because I, I just, I'm not a, like a soccer fan a big time, you know. 
so anyhow, like uh, I am, like I watch stuff, but I'm not sure if I want to go and get squeezed between 100,000 people in a stadium. That's <laughs> me. Um, so, but anyhow, so, so, so different things. I don't know. Um, we, we don't have any. We don't have any plans yet. But uh, the one thing we know is that we're going to see the world. And that is the greatest goal to have, to see the world and the beauty of uh, the, you know, God's creation and all of the wonders that man has created. So it is an incredible world. And we have such a short life. Uh, so the world is big, life is short, so travel it well. In, in closing, I know you have to run off to your uh, next Let's tell you one thing, though, Ricky. In closing, uh, how can people connect with you? Uh, you talked a lot about your courses and how people can automate their business. Uh, tell us about the different ways that people can connect with you and get more information and learn more. Yeah, so so if you guys, uh, if, if, if you are a coach or a consultant, author or speaker and, uh, and you don't have an online course, I highly recommend to you guys to look into having online courses because you are in a business that has the biggest potential for creating a financial freedom, location freedom and freedom. And um, more than like a restaurant owner would have really hard time doing that. But as a coach, as a consultant, you have actually much easier time to do that. And if you don't have one, I highly recommend that, uh, that you attend one of our free webinars on it. it. This explains to you exactly like all the details that we're keeping, um, in the description of, uh, of this interview. But I highly recommend to you just uh, look into the benefits of creating an online course and doing webinars. Just that those online courses. Uh, that's what gave me uh, the freedom, and that's what gives uh, a lot of a lot of other coaches you see uh, that freedom. Pretty much anybody that you see that has the freedom we're talking about, they have online courses and they are teaching something online, so that gives them the freedom, so they can go wherever they want to go. Absolutely, I'm a big advocate. I have 12 different online courses. I have four Kindle books. I, I'm uh, basically uh, focused on recording even more courses. Even before this interview, I recorded a course for two hours. Uh, tomorrow, around this time, I'll be recording another course. So yeah, big advocate. So in closing, how can people connect with you? What's your website, social media? Uh, tell us uh, how they can contact you, Iman. Okay, well, um, you can you can find me uh, at imanagai.com or at successroadacademy.com. And also, um, my Twitter is twitter.com forward slash imanagai. And Facebook is facebook.com forward slash imanagai. Um, I think any, anything you look at, whatever, slash forward slash imanagai uh, should work. Perfect. So you've created the, the perfect personal brand, Iman Agai, and also successroadacademy.com. So Iman, I just wanted to give you a big thank you. Uh, from here in Taipei, Taiwan, they say Sheshe, and, uh, and I'm sure in Austria, they say Dankeschön. So thank you, my friend, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. They said Afi Dalsen here for goodbye. Zaijian. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, and then Dankeschön for thank you. Thanks, brother. So thank, thank you, you very much. Thanks. 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 Thanks.